from Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode number 52. Today's show is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts, Hover, simplified domain management, and Fracture, photos printed in vivid color directly on to glass. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Six Colors, Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Mike. I, uh, I'm uh, orange today. Orange today. <laughs> orange, you're glad it's Monday, Jason. Yeah. Oh, look at look at you. Look at you with the puns. Fair. Yeah, no. I've been working hard on that one. Yeah. Yeah, you worked. You were here. Nothing wrong with orange. That's the sad thing about it. How's it going? It's uh, it's another week. We're 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 counting down. We're just about as we record this. It's the last day of August, so we're just about free of the interminable month of august the dog days of august where the tech news slows to a crawl and tech podcasts begin talking about subjects that are not interesting because there's not a lot to talk about uh and we're getting revved up for uh for apple news in september as is the tradition so uh, i feel like we're on the precipice here i feel like this is our this is where we turn the corner and uh we we leave summer behind and we head to fall Mention, talking about that, about tech podcasts, talking about things which aren't interesting. Uh, last week, Speaking of which, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> last uh, week in podcasting land was Mouse Week. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like we already covered this like several, we- several weeks or months ago, and now everybody's just getting ca- caught up with Upgrade. But be that as it may. So we spoke a little bit about input things last week, mm-hmm. and then ATP spoke about mice. Yeah. And then we spoke about Mice Unconnected, and then also again, me and Gray spoke about Mice on on Cortex. (laughs) So if you like input devices, this is your month. This is a a sweeping vertical uh, on mice. I I was fascinated by the ATP discussion. I haven't. I'm so backed up on podcasts, um, but I, I did listen to the ATP discussion about mice, and I, I'm fascinated by it because I have I have not used a mouse as my regular pointing device since like 1994, <laughs> 1993. I just haven't used a mouse. I've used a trackball, and now I use the the, the trackpad. The, uh, the magic trackpad. So it was fascinating to hear uh, uh, on ATP in particular uh, podcasters trying to describe the various hand positions of and the heights of mice and things like that. That's pretty funny. Oh, actually, I do have a I have a relevant anecdote. Oh my god, I have a relevant anecdote to tell you, and it's this: we had my son's birthday party over the weekend, and uh, it was the theme was video games because my son loves video games. And um, we actually played, I don't know if you've heard, uh, and, and forgive me if you've talked about this on your video game themed podcast, but um, Runbo, which is a game for Wii U, yes. came, just came out. I haven't played it yet, but it's on my list because this is one of the very rare, um, what is currently being referred to as a Nindy game, mm-hmm. a Nintendo indie game. There aren't a lot of them. They're, they're yeah. Nintendo are making a real push at this now. They are creating this thing called Nindy, uh, and it's like this little program that they're doing, and they're doing some really, really interesting things uh, so, as part of the so, Nindy program. So they marketed this. I actually got an email last week from Nintendo saying, Runbow is out, you should play Runbow. And uh, I looked at it, and it looked cute, and um, it was a $15 download. And the, the thing about it that's the most interesting is it offers um, group play 
up to nine people in front of one television. And I thought, we have eight boys coming over for my son's birthday party. Mm-hmm. And they and they love games. And the, the whole theme is video games. It's like, bring your computer or bring your iPad. We'll play games. We'll have pizza. We'll have cake. There'll be presents. And then we'll play more games. And then we'll wake up in the morning. We'll play more games. This was the whole plan. So it turned into a rainbow party, essentially, because once they started playing that, they couldn't stop. It was, Steve Lubitz said in the, um, in, in the Relay uh, Slack chat when I was talking to him about this, that it was... Uh, uh, you know, his his kids were playing it, and it was at like Super Smash Bros. level of enthusiasm, and I can I, I can attest to that too. And the brilliant thing about it is, so the Wii U you can have up to four uh, controllers plus the the actual big uh, Wii console handheld thing. Gamepad, the gamepad, that's it, the ridiculous gamepad, cool but ridiculous. Uh, so that's five input devices up from the Wii, which had four. But each of the Wiimotes can have a uh, uh, the nunchuck attached to them. And we have four Wiimotes with four nunchucks. And the way Runbo works, the nunchuck can be used by a separate person from that's the Wiimote. genius. That is so amazing. That, so you have to be close because they're tethered, but you just sit next to each other. And and I'm not sure we ever had nine. We did have eight at one point playing simultaneously. So so that's brilliant because you can get the entire group involved instead of just four or five people with the most multiplayer versions that you can get for the Wii. But on top of that, as as a parent looking at it, I really appreciated how the, the game was built. It had multiple game modes. It's got a run. It's got a you know a race, a king of the hill. It's got a bunch of different uh, customizable characters, which are brilliant. The art direction is brilliant. The music is fantastic. It's like a Saul Bass title sequence from the 60s is, is what it struck me as being like. Super uh, stylized and cool. And the concept, it's very colorful because Runbow is run and rainbow put together. And the idea is that there are all these platforms on this game that are different colors and a rainbow basically like sweeps over the screen so every for every three or four seconds a new primary color or a new color pops over the entire screen and whatever color platforms match the color that goes to the background essentially they disappear so if you're standing on an orange platform and everything turns orange you fall Hmm. so there there's this added it's it's great, and there's a mode where the person on the gamepad is playing the color master, and basically they're they're in opposition to all the players who are running on screen, and they're like dropping bombs and and dropping um, and throwing paint to sort of like ruin everybody's uh, experience, and then you try to see who whether they can somebody can reach the goal before the color master destroys everybody. So many variations. It's a fifteen dollar game, and they, they the boys were playing it forever, so that was great so that turned up to be most of the time for it and i highly recommend renbow uh if you've got a wii u so so good um and it puts i love to what you were saying i love that nintendo is trying to do this because indie games clever indie games like this really can help increase the the value of the wii u because right now the story on the wii u is basically it's for first party titles and i really like the first party titles that are on the wii u but um I don't. I don't regret buying the Wii U because my kids really love the Nintendo games that are available for the Wii U, plus our old Wii games. But it's a whole added dimension if you if you had a bunch of these really great uh, downloadable indie games that were also coming to the Nintendo uh, platform. That would be uh, that that would that would make it even more impressive and exciting. So I'm glad that we discovered this one. But one of my son's friends came over with a, with a laptop and they wanted to do some Minecraft stuff. And he was baffled by our house. He was like, do you have a mouse in our house? Because he was using my daughter's, um, you know, he didn't bring a laptop. He was using my daughter's iMac. 
uh, and they were playing Minecraft. And and it has her 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 iMac has my old trackball that I used to use before I got the ma- the Magic Trackpad. And um, he's like, "Do you guys have a mouse?" And we had a whole conversation. It's like, "Do we have a mouse? Is there a mouse in the house?" And the answer is, this is turning into a Dr. Seuss, by the way. Is there, could there be, could, you know, have you possibly, uh, could you possibly souse where there's a, no, I can't do it. Uh, is there a mouse in the house? And there isn't. I think maybe I've got a mouse, a USB mouse, like buried at the bottom of this giant plastic bin I have full of cables and old hard drives and stuff. Maybe there's one there that, that like I bought a used Mac at some point and they threw in this mouse and I never used it. But no, we have no mice in the house at all. Um, just uh, magic trackpads and uh, and trackballs, and I ha- it was just a funny moment. So th- I had that realization that we are just a we're not a mouse house, mouseless house. We the the house has no mouse. <laughs> so anyway, that's a that's a whole that's our birthday party vertical right there, Mike. I know you weren't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it either. But there it is. We talked about video games and we talked about how Jason's house has no mice in it of either kind. I hope. Ben wrote in. <laughs> anyway, follow out. That was really great follow out. And birthday party follow out. So Ben wrote in uh, about, we were talking ab- again and again and again, as we have many times in the past, about uh, pen and paper versus... We also have no pens in our... No, that's not true. We do have pens in our house. Yeah, well, I would I would send a care package if you didn't. Don't worry. Um he wrote in to talk to say to us that uh, he finds that computer screens disconnect him from the physical space, whereas pen and paper lets him stay more engaged with the speaker when he's taking notes. I can attest to this. Um, I find you you know we talk about like distraction free writing environments. Well, mm-hmm. pens and paper have no distraction, right? There's yeah. nothing jumping out at mm-hmm. them. I think that that is a really just great succinct way of putting that, like the difference between them. Yeah, I mean you can you can. You can get your like if you're on a tablet, uh, and you're 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 using a, a, a pen or you're or you're typing. I I think you could get it set up to the point where you would pr- you could try to stay engaged. But you are absolutely right that uh, the interface of pen on paper is as simple. There's no no interface to fiddle with. Doodling is the closest you can get to fiddling with the interface on a pen and paper. And there you're not going to get any notifications, and you're not going to have any temptation to switch to different apps. All you have is the pen and the paper. I would also argue, especially for me, um, and especially if we're talking about tablets as a thing for note taking, uh, you can. It's easier to take notes not looking at a piece of paper, um, and like looking at what's yeah. in front of you. You're not gonna. You're not gonna <laughs> be like, oh, I wrote on my leg, right? You're, <laughs> you just, you're going to put pen on, you know, ink on paper, and and even if you're not looking. Yeah, so there we go. Well, I wonder what will yeah, happen thanks, in, a, in some time, a few weeks' time, maybe, when we find out if we're going to get this magical pen in the iPad. Uh, Jim wrote in to tell us that he has found some third-party watch bands mm. on eBay. Um, we were talking last week about third-party bands for the Apple Watch and how both of us were kind of unsure about it. Uh, Jim was really happy with the results. One of them uh, is looks very much like a leather loop. Like, you show me this picture, and I, at first, thought he was showing us his Apple leather loop for comparison. But no, he bought that leather loop from eBay. And then also a black Milanese uh, band. Mm. What do they call that? Is yeah. that loop as well? Yeah, loop. Milanese loop. Looks nice in the black, I think. It does. I think that's a nice look. Um, 
I think, and Jim said he was very happy. I mean, obviously, 35, I think it was 35 pounds, 35 dollars. I can't remember where uh, Jim was writing in from, but it was 35 of his local currency. Uh, and they, I agree, they do look really good. Uh, and but my my kind of hesitation remains that I don't know how I feel uh, buying a watch strap that doesn't have the Apple approved and created lugs. I'm just worried right. that it's going to break or slip off or something gets lodged in there or I, I don't know what. Yeah, I I need to. I'm curious. I mean, this this comes down to what people's experiences are. Like, is this, does this work? Is this is this good enough? Or are they, you know, the the ones that we saw the pictures of. Jim says he's happy with them. Uh, they look good. That that's just my hesitation. Is do they when you when you look at them in real life? Do they do they look good and do they fit and feel good? And then do they last or are they kind of crappy and and they fall apart? I don't know. But I don't for know. Thirty-five nothing... pounds. I mean, they they can last for. I could get four of them, right? <laughs> you know? well, Apple's margins are so large too that if somebody else wants to take this down, you know, and clearly what Apple wants to do is have this lug licensing program thing where you use their lugs, and it's a you know, it's sort of like that's how Apple makes some money off of the third-party sales. But um, you know, there's nothing stopping somebody from uh, from trying to do something like this. My question is just what's the what's the quality? But they definitely look very nice and you know it it's I, i'm having this because my wife is her her uh, our anniversary is coming up and her birthday is coming up and we and she wants an apple watch and we were talking in the car yesterday about um about bands and about uh the different models and this is the challenge is that you know when we talk about apple watch bands we're not just talking about the the price of the bands which are you know the bands aren't cheap the apple bands but the apple bands are all color matched other than the sport bands with the stainless model and i mean let's leave addition out of it they're color matched with the stainless model and um the stainless model is more much more expensive than the than the sport model so um so you start talking about like well if you wanted the milanese loop then you get that with the stainless and now, you know, now that band doesn't just cost what it costs. You've also now upgraded to the stainless model of the watch. And one of the interesting things with something like this is it's not just cheaper, but if it's co- if if you could get a, a loop that's color matched to a sport um, instead of uh, stainless, what what would you know? That's a different story too. So there's a lot there's a lot there. And I don't know what what we're gonna do with what uh, what Lauren wants for her watch. I think she's still. I think she should probably get a stainless, but um, I think she's going to balk at the price of it, which so I she understand. So she wants one, but hasn't yet got one. Hasn't yet got one. We're, we're going to go to the Apple store, and she's going to do. She's going to do. I told her she has to try them on. She has to see what the you leather yeah. and what the what the modern buckle looks like, and what the what the you know what the different watches look like. Because all she's ever seen are my band, my current one, and the one that I had the day that they shipped. Um, and she knows she knows one thing, which is she doesn't like the bright color bands. She kind of thinks the black is okay, and she saw the white, and she said she thought that was pretty nice. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do that. But it's just funny, because that's part of the Apple Watch shopping experience, is you start to talk about these other band types, and then it becomes a whole thing about, well, does that mean I get the stainless steel watch, too? Because as Stephen Hackett would say, um, you know, if the lugs don't match, then you're just, you know, you're asking to be laughed at, which I don't agree with, but I, I see it. It's better if they match. 
I think it's so important to go to the try-on because every opinion I created for myself about what the straps would feel like was 100% wrong in every yeah. single instance, right? Yeah. So you do have to try them on. You do. And the funny thing over time, I always said I'm going to get the Milanese, I'm going to get the Milanese. I don't think I'm going to get it. Like I have you know, four uh, sport bands and I love the sport bands. Like I have absolutely no feeling now of, of needing... Anything else? I um I I talked so much about getting the um uh the the classic buckle because mm-hmm. I love the black leather band with a classic bu- buckle like look uh, and feel and uh, plastic watch bands have always bothered me because they get all sweaty and and weird um, and when I started running I started running again a couple months ago and I I switched to the sport band. Just because I thought I don't want to, I don't want to run with this leather band. I'm going to sweat all over it. It's going to ruin it, um, and I'll just swap on the the leather band at other times. Well, I, I've been wearing the sport band since then, <laughs> and I like the leather band. And if I was going, if I was dressing up and going out to dinner or something like that, I might swap into the leather. Um, but for you know, working in my garage and going for runs and sweating and things like that. Um, the sport band's been fine and I, it doesn't bother me at all, which really surprised me uh, because I, 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 I cannot begin to describe how much I dislike, um, uh, uh, plastic watch bands. <laughs> I just, I hate them. Um, because they leave my, my, my wrist feeling kind of weird and, and, and damp and it's just, Ooh, I don't like it. And uh, yet here I am with the, with the, uh, the sport band. I mean, I know, I know it's played out now, but they're not plastic, right? They are this other thing, which is funny because you know it's like oh, fluoroelastoma, but they don't feel like plastic to me. They do have a different feeling, um, and I guess that you know that's the special plastic that they ended up making. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly it. Which is, uh, uh, it, it's it's better, <laughs> you know, it's nicer. And, uh, so, so I'm, I'm kind of with you. Um, the, the try on was really great and, uh, we're going to definitely do that for Lauren's watch. So I'll report back, uh, if we, if, if she gets one, what it is. Um, and you know, I've been encouraging her to, I think the stainless would be fine. I'm happy with her having a nicer watch than me. Um, but we'll see how we'll, we'll see what she, she says when we go to the Apple store. I have to say the try-on is was one of those things where Apple really demonstrated their knowledge of their own product. Like, they knew that you needed to try it on, like, and how important that that would be for, mm. for the buying process. Yeah. And how many people, you know, like, uh, I don't think that Adina would have bought one unless she would have tried it on. She didn't want one, really. And then she tried it on and was like, yeah, I want one now. So, that's yeah, how these we'll things were on. All right, should we should we wrap up the uh close up the old follow up uh bag or whatever it is and move on to uh to topics? Great idea, Jason. Let's indeed close the follow up bag. Uh <laughs> Okay, I'm let- closing it now. I'm tying a knot. Uh it's just a slip knot. You can you can untie it later. It'll be pretty easy. Now I'm uh, tossing it in the corner. All right, follow up bag is away. Mike, now what? 
Now we open the sponsor bag. And first <gasps> off, I would like to thank our friends over at lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business technology and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, just go ahead and visit lynda.com slash upgrade. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash upgrade. Lynda.com is for people that have hobbies that they want to learn. It's for people that want to solve problems. It's for people that are curious. People want to make things happen. Maybe you have been wanting to learn how to finally master Excel because you really need it for this thing that you have to do at work. And if you do this thing at work, then it's going to make your boss happy and might put you in line for that promotion you've been looking for. Or maybe you have your own business and you're fed up with stacks and stacks of paper and filing cabinets that you just don't want. And maybe you want to learn how to go paperless finally. Or maybe you've always been interested in doing some design work for fun or maybe to turn into a business of your own one day and you just want to understand how to use typography properly in design to make your designs and your work really pop. These are the types of things that you can learn at lynda.com. And you will be taught by people who are absolute experts and have a real passion for teaching. And that comes through in not only the production quality, the way that they will help break things down for you with their great bite-sized piece courses. You are going to learn in a fantastic environment. You can stream these thousands of video courses on demand. You can learn at your own schedule, at your own pace. You can even create and save playlists of the courses that you want to watch in any order to customize your own learning path. And you can share these with your friends, colleagues, and team members. But let's say that you have a really busy life and you only have an hour a day where you can do this stuff and that time is spent sitting on a bus. Well, you can watch and download courses to your Android or iOS device so you can learn on the go. But if you want to learn at home, you can do that too. You can watch in a web browser and they have a great uh, transcript feature that scrolls along so you can follow along with what's being said. And you can also search those transcripts to find an answer or skip to a point in the video later on. Your lynda.com membership is going to give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're super passionate about a hobby, or you want to learn something new, I would love it if you would visit lynda.com slash upgrade and sign up for your free 10-day trial because it will also help support this show as well as give you access to thousands of awesome courses for you to learn from. Thank you so much to lynda.com for supporting Upgrade and Relay FM. Righty-ho. So, uh, the Apple invitations have gone out, the event invitations for the event that's going to uh, happen on the 9th, which was the exact day that I didn't want it to happen because I'll be on a plane. Yeah, you're going to be in the air while this all goes on. Yep, and I land uh, pretty much as soon as it ends. Um, no Wi-Fi on the plane, so I'm going to have... Oh. I'm gonna. It's going to be like 2010 or something for me where I will be checking... Uh, Six colors at the end. Well, not mm. that that existed, and I maybe would have looked at MacWorld for your great live blogging and find out exactly what was announced. So it's all going to be a big surprise to me, and who knows when I'll get to actually watch the video, if at all. Uh, probably by the time I've landed, there will be a thousand think pieces and twenty podcasts all published for me to devour. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so we have the event. The event is Siri focused. Um, is well, the invitation the, the invitation, invitation sorry, is Siri, is Siri focused, focused. Yeah. who knows what the event will be focused on we can take some good guesses but I would like to get some uh, early ideas and predictions from uh, the man with the plan Mr. Jason Snell about what we might see next week so what do you think we're going to get well it's always an iPhone event right September iPhone it's mm-hmm. always been that way so I think you know we'll get, we'll get new iPhones 
if we had to follow the conventions of uh, previous iPhone Apple or Apple iPhone releases, it will be what? It'll be the 6S and 6S Plus, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And then the old models will, you know, be brought down. Uh, reports are that the 6 Plus will stay in the product line, which I find kind of baffling. I, I, you know, I guess. The old models are easier to make as and cheaper to make as time goes on. So I just I, we're going to have a lot of different models out there. It sounds like it sounds like they'll still be the the five S and then there'll be the 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 six and the six plus and the six S and the six S plus and they'll all be there at various different you know various price points. Was it nine to five um, Mac who said that the five C we discontinued? Could be, could be. Uh, that's not surprising to me because it's at the bottom of the line now. So they may just bump it off, uh, or they may keep it around, but only in certain markets. That's another possibility. But at some point, you got to, uh, you know, even if the margins on it are pretty good, at some point you got to make it hit the end of its life. So that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. And of course, all uh, for all of our talk about a, a new a new version of a small phone, um, there's no sign of that in the in the uh, in the supply chain. So it's not going to happen almost certainly. I'm holding out hope that it may happen at a future time because I think that not having a small phone at all on the price list would be problematic, but who knows, maybe Apple doesn't care. Um, But I hope that they will update that at some point next year. They could even do it. Honestly, they could even do it in the spring and uh, just put out a press release that says, Oh yeah, we updated the five S now it's the five S S to, I don't know what it would be, the 6M. It just make some letters and numbers out there. So what's so what would the, yeah. the, the lineup be missing then? The 5S wouldn't be able to do Apple Pay, right? But that's yeah. probably the only big thing that it couldn't right. do. Right. So so you'd have the you'd have the four in terms of sort of the way that they're marketed in in certainly in the US, uh, that that is the free phone. That you know that becomes the free phone, free with 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 contract or essentially walk out for a lot of these plans. Now it's walk out the door without paying anything for it uh, and then agree to pay it over time. So it's the lowest of the, of it's the baseline price mm-hmm. zero uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then uh, up from there you have the steps up. So you would have, you would have a, a six that would be your hundred dollar. And then you would have the six S at the, at the one ninety nine. Along with maybe the six plus, the old six plus, the Mike was right phone, um, and then up from there you'd have the six S plus, and then within that then you'd have the, those would be the base configurations in terms of of uh, storage. So uh, then you'd go up from there. Apple's happy to let you give them all the money if you wanna if you wanna do that. So I think I think we're just gonna see that it's gonna be another turn of the wheel. And we talked uh, in previous shows about force touch being a po- a possibility there, and and uh, some more kind of haptic feedback than we than we're used to seeing. Uh, the rumors are upgraded uh, optics, upgraded uh, uh, camera in general, um, front and back, and that seems reasonable. Yeah, to it me seems too. like they're gonna put a really good camera, like not at least. So German is doing what German does. Uh, yeah, and there's piecemeal link leaks Sprink, coming out sprink, now. Sprinkling them out, yep, that's right. Um, and what he's saying for the iPhone uh, 6 line uh, would be a larger front FaceTime camera, uh, so have a, a better camera. Um, I don't think that they say what it's going to have, uh, but it, it will be better. Are they uh, software flash, so the screen will flash? Oh, yeah, 
Sure. Which I think is smart. I think it's a good idea. Uh, and also a rose gold. Have you seen this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a another color variation that they're going to do, which is the rose gold, which is the you know it's the pinky gold version. So they'll have colors that match all the watches. Then. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's that's more or less right. So they'll have every they'll have something for the watch bodies, effectively. But also, I mean, you know, they're already anodizing. Throw another color in the lineup. I don't have a skew, yeah, why not? but you know, it's. Uh, I, I like the rose gold color watch. I think it's a nice color. I, I wouldn't buy it myself personally, but if I was going to mm. get a gold, maybe I would go for that one. Um, and I think it's kind of pinky, right? So it's uh, probably mm. going to sell. I reckon that would sell quite well, um, If depending on who they're trying to attract with that. I think that's a smart move. It's not going to get everyone, but I think it's if you can add something in the lineup that's not too difficult to do and it's going to uh, make a lot of people happy, then go for it. Yeah. Which is why I still... I mean, I just want to see him go full on. Let's go with colors, but... Um, I agree. I don't know when we're going to see that, but I, I think, you know, just do one silver, one black, and then four or five colors. That's what the I would iPods, like to see. The iPods are yeah. all anodized aluminum. I mean, they, they you would think that they could do that and have, you know, have them be in all the colors. <laughs> yeah. I just assume it's the complexity at scale mm-hmm. for iPhone sales so. numbers that makes that a nightmare. You've got to um, carry everywhere that sells iPhones now has to carry all the different models. Yeah. And then somebody comes in and says, I want to buy it right now. And instead of saying, yes, we've got it, you say, well, we don't have it in blue. But yeah. we do have it in an orange. Would you like orange? And they'll say, no, only Jason is orange today. And they leave. And then you've lost a sale. So yeah. you don't want to do that. You, you think wanna... you've, you've got to have three storage sizes, uh, mm-hmm. six or seven color variations. Um, and in yeah. some markets, phones for different networks or whatever. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. But I would love to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... Do something make, what Moto, like make, Motorola does, the Moto Maker type thing. You buy it all online, pick the color you want. That's that's what I was th- going to say was uh, maybe it's a, an online order only color variation, right? Yeah. Where it's like if you want us to do it in blue or, or, or orange or red or whatever, we'll do that for online orders only. But in the stores, it's these these three colors, these four colors. But still, hey, more colors is good. People like colors. It, it, it is an expression of their personality. They get to choose choose a, a, a color, at least you know from a, a limited palette, but they still get to make a choice, and uh, that's good. So what else are we going to see next week, Jason? Um, let's see. Well, the rumors are there's a new Apple TV uh, that's coming. Now, this is the rumor. Sorry, I should stop and laugh here. <laughs> there it is again. A uh, rumor that we've seen before. Uh, but maybe we won't see it again. It sounds like this is pretty solid that the new Apple TV hardware is finally going to happen. And uh, the implication, I think, behind having Siri as the center of the uh, invitation, not only is it just kind of a cheeky joke of, you know, t- maybe Siri knows what Apple's going to do next, but uh, that there are products that involve Siri that will be shown. And, you know, the iPhone has Siri, and that's nice. But what if, uh, as the rumors foretell, uh, Apple TV had Siri as well? Siri remote or something like that where you could ask the Apple TV for something and and you know it used the same kind of technology to do that and that's one of the rumors so looks like uh looks like the new Apple TV thing might happen and I'm really excited to see if the, this new Apple TV has uh an app store has an API the ability for third party developers to develop for it uh, a, a game story behind it um and other apps too but like I'm intrigued by the idea of Apple trying to use its its power uh 
in uh, iOS development. The fact that there are so many iOS developers and so many iOS games and being able to sort of transfer that, try try anyway, to transfer that to the living room because they had a huge advantage in mobile. And if they could transfer that to the living room, that could be powerful for them. Uh, I'm going to steal this idea from uh, a good friend of the show, Mr. James Thompson. Mm. Uh, the 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 outside bet, the the magical thing that could happen is uh, they they unveil the TV and bring out Nintendo um, as the, the first <sighs> for their game demo. Well, they they you know they're working with that developer on on iOS games, right? Dina. Yeah. So would it be that far a step for them to say? They're still saying end of the year. Before the end of the year, they'll have the first Nintendo game uh, on smartphones. Still, wouldn't it? Wouldn't be that would be kind of crazy to say, "Hey, here's a Nintendo game you can play on a box attached to a TV that's not a Nintendo box." Yeah, you want to sell the App Store? That's the way you do it. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, that would be pretty wild. Yeah, and then Apple chucks a ton of money at them to mm-hmm. give them an exclusive. Yeah, you know, it's it's not too crazy uh, a bet, but it's still just crazy enough. But it would be, it would be a home run if they could mm. manage it. Because I mean, they're going to do their usual partnership stuff. Because the idea being, there will be an SDK, right? That's that's kind of the big thing. Because they're saying that the well, the, all of the rumors are indicating that the streaming service isn't ready. So right. they really need to push on the on the development stuff. Right. So the, this is the and it's the holiday quarter. I mean, we talked about this before. The holiday quarter is huge for Apple. What what better? I mean, <laughs> this has been I made this argument like four years ago <laughs> and it didn't come true, which is an Apple TV with a with an SDK, with an app store, with a game story to tell could be a huge seller at the holidays, because not only is it give, does it give you access to Netflix and all of those things, but it's a game console for 150 bucks or 200 bucks that plays all of these games. And they've got the iOS game library to you know not all those games translate but some of them do i mean i've been playing pac-man 256 that translates perfectly fine to a controller with physical buttons and the rumor is that the apple tv controller has both physical buttons and a uh, a touch a little touch pad thing on it so you could actually do swiping and the like as well so it'll be interesting to see with so much of this the rumors tell us a lot about the technology and and you could argue that there's no point in watching the the thing like you're you're going to be in the air it's fine you know everything that's going to happen because all the rumors are going to be out there and by the time you get on that plane the uh you'll know i i would say within uh, a a high degree of certainty you'll know what the hardware is that's going to get announced and what its features are but what you won't know until you get off that plane is how Apple tells the story of those products. And to me, that is why it's always worth watching these Apple events, even if you feel like you know everything that's going to happen, because it's not what the products are. It's what Apple says the products are that I find fascinating, because how do you sell an Apple TV? How do you sell that box and say, here's another thing to hook up to your TV? Well, I've got things hooked up to it. Well, no, but you really want this one to be hooked up to it. Well, why would I want that? And then they have to answer that. And in this case, I think one of the answers is it plays games. You know all those games you like on your iPad and your iPhone? Well, they're going to be versions of those for this thing that you can play with your family. And it comes with a controller. Plus, you can use your, your iPhone and your iPad as controllers. Plus, you can buy more controllers. And they've got motion con- things in them. So they're kind of like the Wii. And they, you know... It, there is a story to be told there if that's the story they're going to tell. I also am curious if they're going to be first-party games, 
if if there are games for the Apple TV, would Apple build some games? They did that on the iPod back in the day. They had put like poker for the iPod. I don't iPod. think they need to anymore. Like, I don't think they do. I don't think they do. But I, I'm just I'm wondering: Do you do something like Wii Sports just to show what's possible on the platform, or do you just go to your developer partners and say, Psst, "Do this," and have them have them make it? Probably, probably they don't. The world does not need Apple to get into game development. But I, I wonder. Uh, then if they're not going to do it, they need to show off the platform, the best things about this platform, and tell that story. And that that means game demos. It means having developers who know about the platform who can say, look what we did with this controller, you know, remote thing, whatever it is, whatever it's called. Um, so that's what I'm that's what I'm really looking forward to with the Apple TV. Like the, the iPhone, I feel like we know, what, you know, the iPhone pays the bills. iPhone is really great. So they're going to sell a lot of them. It's the most important thing that'll get announced. But we also kind of know what the story is that they're going to tell with the iPhone. Everybody loves the iPhone. It's great. This one's even better because it's got this and that. Look how many people are using Apple Pay. Now there's this new people on the on the watch love the Force Touch, so we're bringing that in. You can sort of tell how that story is going to be sketched. But how are they going to sketch the story of the Apple TV? I think it's a tougher sell, you know, and and uh, yeah, and how much do they go into games? They certainly, with the iPod Touch, used to really lean into games in October, right? And be like, the holidays are coming, it's a great game platform, buy it for your kids and they'll play games on it. So do they do that with the Apple TV? Or do they, you know, do they just sort of allude to it? I I don't know. I'm I'm fascinated to find out. I struggle because... to see, or at least I won't feel that they will have a commitment to games until they give us a controller with a bunch of physical buttons on it. Not like a couple of buttons and a touchpad, because that's not how console gaming works. And not just right. because that's how it's always been, it's because if you are looking at the TV screen and not your hands... Yeah, you're not going to look down. You can't use a touchpad effectively. Because, you know, it's not... You can't tap for where the character will go because you're not looking at the screen, right? You need to be able... It's And as well, like a lot of iOS games will not be able to be ported in, uh, without significant changes to the way that they work. Well, um, so 9to5Mac says that there will be the existing remote the or, you know, this rumored remote that they're going to offer, but that they'll also have Bluetooth controller support. So I I feel like the current iOS devices have that like like so, you know you you can buy sure. these third party controllers. I just mean like I won't buy from Apple a commitment to gaming. Developers can be committed to gaming and yes. make the exact games that they want to make and have uh, support for these controllers. But I won't buy a commitment from Apple until they they pr- actually make a real controller for a games console like Amazon did with the Fire TV. That's a good question. Would would Apple make boy? Can you imagine the John Syracuse rant about an Apple made video game controller? Oh, oh my I mean, god! It probably wouldn't be as good as the third parties could make. But I just want to no. see them make it right because the and the the Amazon one is okay, but at least they made it. Yeah, I think I think this that is a good question. Is would Apple would Apple bother or would they say yeah no third parties are going to make it? It's fine because it 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 says something uh, about the platform that it's like yes we also make available this controller. The, the, that and, and that's one of the ways they'll have to sell it is are they going to sell this remote it's like look right out of the box you've got a remote that is, has you know a multi-axis controller and you can you know you can wave it around and it's just like the Wii the Wii remotes used to be except much smaller um, and it does all the things that they do plus you've got your phones or do you say you know also we have a you know we have a, a pro controller that you can buy it's 50 bucks 
and you know you can use those with games too or or will they say we have a great partner who's going to make a pro controller that works and all the bluetooth pro controllers work i think i think you're right i i think it's not necessary but maybe it sends a message if they say yeah mm-hmm, we've got an apple pro controller yeah and then john uh, I, I think can it's important talk about it for eight hours you know because like you know you bring up you bring up the wiimote again and i agree with it but the wiimote is still buttons and it had gyroscopes in it, right? Covered in buttons. It's the true. problem. The problem is a touch screen or a touch pad uh, will not well, work think, as well. I think there are physical buttons on the rumored Apple TV remote. Though. Yeah, but it's like okay. So the other thing is, if you want to make a game controller, it can't double as a remote because ergonomically they have to be extremely different things. That's that's probably true. If, if you want to know clever. about the ergonomics of game controllers, I have a great episode of Hypercritical for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I mean, a thin remote that doubles as a Wiimote is not going to be the same as a Wiimote. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, because the Wiimote was still built to be held, and it was chunky, and yeah. it had yeah. uh, specific parts in it that you would hold it. But that is was not a good uh controller for the hand right but like you look at the gamepad the gamepad is way thicker than it needs to be mm-hmm. like because if you open one of those up there's massive spaces in it but sure. they made it so it could be held they think about the ergonomics right and I, that's why like a remote and a controller are fundamentally different things right so you need both right you need something that's that's cheap and small and is not ideal but it can be used and then you've got an alternative that is better that needs to be available. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I without we, we could really go down the the rabbit hole, and we may have already we're already halfway down about Apple TV and, and and gaming. I'm also curious about other other apps. If they talk about, you know, here's Major League Baseball that's made this amazing new new app that has all these features. Like because the Major League Baseball app, for example, for PlayStation is um it's just amazing. I think the Xbox One version is too amazing. And then the Apple TV one is it's fine. You know, it's it, it plays games. You can you can watch a, uh, watch a baseball game, but the PlayStation version is even better than the version that's on iOS. Actually, it's got like like uh, event data where you can go, you can say like, oh, um, let's jump to when on this archived game, let's jump to when the next run was scored, and you can do it. <laughs> you can see, oh, they got a hit there. Let's jump to there. And so, you know, whether it's Major League Baseball or somebody else, somebody who's maybe a, a video provider saying, look, we're going to build an app for this that, that really takes advantage of this platform as well. That'll be interesting to see. Do they do, they do that? Do they, ta- do they have somebody like Netflix or HBO Go or Major League Baseball or somebody in that vein to talk about the, the entertainment possibilities that can be built out of this? that aren't games, but like, you know, video and uh, other interfaces like that. I don't know. We'll see. If they don't have the cable service thing that they're going to make ready, then most definitely they will. Because otherwise it'd be like, here's the Apple TV. has no TV on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. But but is it part of the, is it just like, hey, we've got the same old things you love, which is menus of things you can pick from and watch a show. Or do they say, this is going to be great for your channel providers too, because look at this amazing new HBO Go app. It's so much better than the old one because of X, Y, and Z. And here's a developer at HBO to tell you why, how easy it was to build this amazing thing that would be a different story than um than like yep it's also got hbo on it all right let me take our second break and we'll get back to this we spoke way longer about the apple tv than i was expecting yeah me too 
this week's episode is brought to you by Fracture. I love Fracture. They do something that's really awesome. You've heard us talk about it before, and you should own a Fracture of your own by now, but if you don't, let me tell you why you should. They Fracture is taking the hundreds and hundreds of photos that you may have and help you surface the best ones to display at home. You go to FractureMe.com, you find the picture that you love, you know, you take it from Instagram, you know, that, that picture that you posted, you took all that time lining up and, and putting the great filters on and doing the great editing on. Or you take that lovely picture of your family at the picnic and you upload it to FractureMe.com, you choose the size that you want your picture to be printed they have different square sizes and rectangle sizes the rectangle sizes go all the way up to 21 by 28 inch and the lovely fracture team over in Gainesville Florida will take that print of yours and put it right on to a piece of glass they stick it right on the back there so you know, it's got that lovely lamination effect that you see with your iPhone screens how it looks like the pixels are right there it's just the same with a fracture it's printed directly onto that piece of glass they put a nice piece of foam on the back so you can hang it and that's it no frame there is no frame of a fracture print you're not getting a piece of paper in a in a cardboard tube that you have to frame with the big wooden frame or the big metal frame it's just your picture your picture edge to edge which you can put on the wall you can put on your desk fracture give you everything you need to display or hang it they put it right in the box and you end up with something that will look like nothing else in your home the fracture prints are so fantastic me and jason both have a bunch i have uh six or seven fractures now um and i'm going to be getting some more and they come from florida all the way to me in the uk and they're so yeah. greatly packed that i've never had a problem these are pieces of glass being yeah. shipped across the ocean to me and they come absolutely perfectly uh, i am such a big fan of what they do and the guys over at fracture they keep saying they send me emails every week to tell me about the great people at but great listeners of relay shows that tell them uh, about the fractures that they bought and how much that they love them. So if you buy a fracture, which you should, or you own one because you heard about it in one of our shows, you should tell Fracture. You should tell them on Twitter. You should email them. Tell them because they like to know as much as we like to know as well. I would love to see the fracture prints uh, that you have. And uh, I think it would be fantastic for me to see the lovely pictures of this stuff on your wall. Uh, I think you're really going to love Fracture Prints. The best way for you to know just how much you're going to love them is to get one for your own and try it out. And their prints start at just $15, so they're not going to break the bank. And you can get yourself a lovely 15% discount on your first order with the coupon code UPGRADE. You just need to head over to FractureMe.com to get started. And I want to thank Fracture for continuing to support this show and all of Relay F. And then he called him a Thracture. I have to uh, order some new ones. I don't have enough now. I have to order new ones for uh, for more podcasts. Because I keep making podcasts, and yeah. so I need to keep ordering Fractures. Yeah, I, I want to get some... I, I, I'm not going to do this just yet, um, but when we move, I'm going to get all of the Relay logos. Mm-hmm. Because uh, right now I don't, I don't have any. I don't have enough space to hang right. like sixteen uh, fracture prints. Uh, but I'm going to get all the relay artwork and, and put them in my brand new office um, mm. when, we, when we sort all of that out. Uh, fracture or fracture me on Twitter as well if you want to send them pictures of the fractures that you that you buy. Nice. So anything else? Do you think new iPads? I'm still holding on to my theory that they're going to unveil the new iPads. Um, I all know right. it would seem like a jam packed event. But yep. I'm I'm standing by that. I think my my theory being that, and I spoke about this and connected first. I still think they're going to do it because they really will want to put the 
iPads front and center to make sure they get as many people as possible to see them. And the best place to do that is at the iPhone event, which is why they're going to unveil the Apple TV there as well. Uh, but I'm still holding out for the iPads. I don't think so. Yeah, it feels um, it does feel less likely as the days go yeah. on, but I'm still I'm still going to hold on to it because if I'm right, great. If I'm wrong, everyone can I, forget about I, it. Well, by pattern, the new iPads would come in October. I feel like if Apple is trying to send a message that the iPad is important, um, killing the October event and moving it all into September at the end of the iPhone event is a really bad way of signaling that the iPad that they're still bullish on the iPad. If they want to make a splash with a new iPad model that is going to, you know, change how the world thinks of the iPad, putting that in the iPhone event, I think is is not giving it a big stage. I think it's overshadowing it with other stuff. Mm. So, you know, well, it, I mean, the, the iPhone event is the biggest stage, though. It it is, but then you know, do you want to? This is the question: Do you want to be the star of a smaller event, or number two or three on the agenda in a larger event? I think that's the that's the question. Do you want to? Do you want to open for the Rolling Stones and have people throw things at you, <laughs> or do you want to have a nice uh, concert in a decent sized hall that where you're the where you're the star? Okay. Uh, that that's a bad metaphor, but that that's what I'm getting at here. Is I feel like, I, um. I don't know. I, I think it says not good things about the iPad if Apple stuffs it into the uh, the phone event. Because one, they've gotten rid of the iPad as its own event, and they feel the need to, you know, have it be part of the the iPhone show. I just if they're launching a brand new iPad, an iPad Pro, wow. I I, I think they need more time to talk about it. If there if there's truly like new iPhones and new Apple TV with things to talk about, it would be a very stuffed schedule if they did that. So I'm not I'm not saying they won't. I'm just saying that I if I had to pick, I would say it's more likely that they'll do it in October as they've done in the past. Uh, talk about the I- iPad and how great it is, and maybe even have some other products like new Macs uh, to to drop for the holiday quarter um, and do that all in October. But you know, never say never. They could absolutely pack it all in to one event in September. Okay. No, I see. It. I get what you're saying. We'll see. Yeah, no, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to we'll hold see. out hope. No, good. That's good. We got to. We got to have uh, that. That'll be your big question when you the plane lands and you can turn on uh, your phone. Was Mike right? <laughs> Was Mike right? We'll find out. Is that an international flight that you're on during that? Yeah, that's to Portland. That's all. The, well, actually, I'm uh, that first flight. The flight that I'm on during the event is to Canada. Ah, and then I arrive in Canada. I will be refreshing my phone incessantly mm. and then get on a flight down to Poland. Wow, you're flying London to Vancouver? Uh, I believe it's Vancouver, yeah. All right. Okay, well, we'll have some fans waiting for you at the gate. No, we won't. <laughs> nope. I won't be leaving the airport, so they yeah, won't see so me. They won't see you. They'll be outside can... just touch, touching the glass walls and saying, Mike's in there somewhere, and it'll be not creepy at all. Feel free to, to come on down, but you won't see me. Uh, anything else? I mean, I think that we're going to see some watch bands or something, something for the holiday season. Yeah, so watch OS 2 is, I think, the, the big question, because iOS will come out. They'll, you know, they'll say, oh, because this is all going to happen on September 9th, and they'll probably say this, com- th- this will all be on sale starting the 18th, the following Friday. That's the pattern, so that's probably what they'll do. And they'll probably say iOS 9 will come out, you know, next, you know, maybe like the, uh, the 16th, something like that. They'll release the final version of iOS 9 because it'll be on those phones. Um, the question is watch OS 2. Does watch OS 2 come out then? Or does watchOS 2 come out um, later 
because we've got we've still got OS 10 to come out. And um, so I think it's an open question. Will they talk about the watch? I mean, I'm sure they'll talk about it. Will they talk about watch OS 2 coming out ne- the, the following week? Or will they say it'll be out this fall, push it off a little bit, and then if they do an October event, talk about it then, release it then, and also maybe make some announcements then about different bands or things like that. I I don't know. My feeling would be Watch OS 2 and iOS 9, same time. Mm. That would be my my feeling. That feels like a one-two punch to me, and I think in a lot of Mm -hmm. people's minds, they're connected in a way. Yeah, it may de- depend on what shape WatchOS 2 is in. <laughs> what, what shape do you think it's in? I think it's pretty good. Okay. I, think it's actually, I think it's actually doing really well. Um, I've been using it for the last few weeks, and uh, Happy I to say, like uh, I, I, I would think that they would come together. And I think that you know, this if they mention it, it would feel like a, just a good time to say, oh, and we have a whole new range of bands coming for the holiday season and these are all the new sport band colors and etc etc because i do think that there will be new bands for christmas Mm. um just something else something a little bit more just to help shift some more uh watches and some more watch related yeah why not yeah why why not do that and and whether it's yeah right whether it's selling more watches with those bands or whether it's selling bands to existing watch owners Mm -hmm. um i i think a refresh look September 9th, when when they do this event, that will mark the year anniversary of the announcement of the Apple Watch. Yep, which is why I think they'll give some time to it. Yeah, so so I think that's probably a good idea. Uh, you know, like I said, if they if it's too packed, they may decide let's just talk about this in October if they've got an October event on the way. But they may very well talk about it then. It, it's it's been in our consciousness for a while now, and so you want to remind people that it's there. And 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 the the release happened a while ago now. So so for the holidays, you need to rev up enthusiasm. And 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 so talking about it, releasing the new uh, version of the operating system, and yes, maybe some variations. I. I've wondered for a while now if they would do material variations on the watch, you know, if they would do a different a different version of the watch that's still the same internals and it's still running the same software but is different in some way, you know, it's a a different color, a different material. Um and I don't think that will happen, but it might. Uh, certainly new new uh bands would make a lot of sense. And or here are favorite third parties and the bands that they've mm. created. They could do that. It seems. See, I would. Apple bet should on have that. more of their own because it'd be crazy not to. I mean, all I, you uh, need to do is just mm-hmm. throw some different color inks in the in the fluoroelastomer yeah. part. You, you would think because they had yeah. all those ones. I mean, there's that picture that you can find it. They did at a fashion show, right? Some fashion show oh, somewhere. Sure. And, and at the Star Wars thing, J.J. Abrams had like a, a midnight blue. He had a he had a one that does not exist in stores that yep. that he had that he obviously had gotten from Apple. So I don't know. I don't know. So you'll be in the room, right? I will. I believe Dan Morin and I will both be there. Both received invites for six colors. So we should be in the room. The room being the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium, which is not an event place that Apple has used before, I believe. Uh, it's in San Francisco. It's a few blocks down. It's at 7th Street, I think. So it's it's a little further away. The, the Yerba Buena is at 3rd and uh, Moscone is at 4th. So, you know, three or four blocks further down and across on the, it's on the other side of Market Street. So essentially, what is that? Six, six or seven blocks away from the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a big venue, which I think is good because so many of these Apple events, they're, they're so jam-packed full of people. It's uh, really uncomfortable. 
for everyone involved. The Flint Center last year was the worst. It was just the worst. We were in the last row. Uh, there were photographers ba- bumping up against us. It was just an uncomfortable place to be because it wasn't that big and there were a lot of people there. So this is a big venue. So hopefully it'll be uh, better for all concerned logistically. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, yes, in a real-time follow-up, somebody's saying, oh, it might have been used for the Apple II announcement. Well, let's just say, in my history covering Apple, they've never done an event there. And uh, if they had an event there in prehistory, those people are all uh, probably retired and living on an island now. So, uh, anyway, that's that's Dan and I will be there at, at uh, whatever, 10 o'clock in the morning on on uh, the 9th, celebrating the uh, the end of... <laughs> Of uh, our time at Macworld, too, as a part of that, because <laughs> that, that's all bound up in this, too, is that was our last, that was the last day, basically, that we were all working at Macworld, and the next day, everybody got uh, laid off. Uh, what's the game plan? <sighs> Remains to be seen. I mean, we'll, we'll have two people in the room, so we'll probably do the uh, live tweet thing, and uh, I think that's what, it worked pretty well the last time, is Dad, Dan did the live tweet thing, and I uh, took notes and planned to, you know, write something, but 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 do a little bit more of the, the uh, contemplation thing. Now, the real question, Mike, and this ties into what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is, the real question is, do I bring a pen? Do I full, do full Gruber? And just bring a pen and 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 a field notes. Let and me just let me buy and... something for you. <laughs> That's the question. I've got a, I've got some lovely pens and I've got some uh, field notes books, so I I could do that. Uh, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I, it, it's nice for me to be on Twitter and make comments here and there as the event's going on. But I'm certainly planning on uh, being more in the moment of uh, watching the event rather Good. than frantically Good. typing and things like that. I'm gonna let Dan do the frantic typing because he's good at it. Are you working on any reviews right now? Like, are you now scrambling to get anything done ahead of next week? So, no. (laughs) So Dan and I will probably work together on an iOS 9 something or other, but I have not written a word of it. You know, our friend Federico has written tens of thousands of words about iOS I think he's up to a billion now. I think it's a billion words, yeah. Approximately a billion words. Yeah, a billion words. Um, I haven't done that. I've been using it, but I haven't written it. And I feel feel no need to write a 10,000-word review of iOS 9. So I think Dan and I will work on something, and we will collaborate on something for Six Colors about iOS 9. Um, But, you know, I don't feel like the obligation to write a giant review of everything. Now, I, I am hoping very much that... Uh, that I will be able to review the new iPhones when they come out. I did that last year. Um, whether it's for Macworld or for Six Colors remains to be seen, but I would very much like to do that. I would very much like to review a new Apple TV, should it emerge. Um, and I am working on uh, an El Capitan review for Macworld, but I don't anticipate El Capitan coming out. I, I will be really hating life if El Capitan comes out at the same time as the iPhone because I can't write all those reviews at once so i should probably start writing an el capitan review too but i'm anticipating that'll be more of an october thing and uh and so i i haven't written a word of that either i've just been using it and taking notes um so yeah this is going to be that period where i end up writing huge number of words not a billion but uh but i haven't written any of them yet that that's not i i keep thinking that every now and then somebody somebody's going to be like oh i bet jason's writing a bunch of those nope Mm-mm. 
Nope, not yet. I'm just using I'm just using the stuff. I've been using iOS nine. I've been using WatchOS two. I've been using El Capitan. But I'm I haven't gotten to the point where I uh, I sit down and write because quite honestly, that's never really worked for me. I kind of like don't want to come in early in the game. I, I want to wait until late in the game so that the, everything is kind of more fully formed and I've had more experience using it. Um, that's impractical if you're doing something of the length of, uh, of John Syracuse's OS 10 reviews or uh, of Federico's iOS reviews. But I'm not trying to write 20,000 words about this stuff. So we'll see. So so that's 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 sort of what I'm doing. And honestly, right now I'm, I'm trying to clear the decks because I know how busy it's going to be. Plus, we're going to XOXO. So the, this event's going to happen. I'm also going to be at a conference. This happened last year, too. I was at the conference with the phones, <laughs> trying to think of and, and write the review. I wrote I wrote a lot of that review on the train from, from Portland to Seattle last year. It was crazy. So I know that's going to happen again to some degree. So I've been doing a lot of work the last couple of weeks to get things out of the way so that I, so that I can take a week or two and just focus entirely on um, the new products um talking about the new products when do you think they're going to come out when do you think the, the new iphones will actually come out well, i i think it's that uh, if it follows the pattern it'll be the following friday the, fr- the friday after the event uh or at the of the following week after the event so that would be the 18th and then you would probably see you know first reviews from the press in the 15th 16th range but who knows? So um, I've yet to decide whether this, for me, is a good or bad thing. So if they came, if they were going to come out, like if so, if the week, if the event was the week earlier, it was this week, uh, and then the phones came out on the eleventh, then they would have come out during XOXO, which they have for many other years. Right. Um, many other times they've come out during. So in that scenario, I could have bought one there. Right mm-hmm. um, in Portland, and and not had to have the sales tax. But then I would also be lining up uh, the, on the first day of the conference to buy a phone. Um, the other scenario is they come out when I'm at home, so I can just get one when I'm at home, which is what will happen now. Right. But the bad part of that is I will likely line up because the I have had such bad experiences with delivery drivers on iPhone Day. They just don't. Well, it's, there's too many orders. They just can't. These delivery companies can't cope here. Um, but that means the day after I <laughs> arrive home from a transatlantic flight, uh, waking up at the crack of dawn to go to an Apple store to get in line. Fun. There's no. There's no good scenario. Um, however, if the if the thing is I want to disrupt my life in the least way and get an iPhone, then the way it's gonna go is better. Cause I don't want to spend one of the like mornings of my holiday standing outside and an absolutely Apple store. not. So I'll just go and pick one up. Um, hopefully on the Friday or so. I think I'm gonna go completely off contract this time. Good, good but for you. I'm a little bit fed up with just dealing with these companies, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. reduce the price of my plan get a sim like month to month plan and uh, get a get an off contract phone i think so the last thing i want to mention on this is what's happening with this show because that's all over the shop because if we do a show next monday there's no point in it existing right <laughs> indeed <laughs> and and it's also a holiday in the u.s it's labor day mm-hmm. it's the day that americans take all their white pants and uh put them away until the next spring. 
I don't know if you were aware of that. It's very uh, important. It sounds very important. Don't wear uh, white after Labor Day. It's a it's a key fa- factor, key thing. You have to take off your white uh, Apple Watch sport bands at that point. Um, so I'm not going to even be here. <laughs> and what is the point? We would do that show. It would, be, it would post Monday evening. And then, you know, 36 hours later would be completely invalidated. So we're not going to do it. No, just we're not going to do it. So, like, there is a place for the, the these types of shows that we've done today. And we could do it on Monday. But, if, but the thing is, because you're going to be there, it right. feels like there should be a show after the event, which there will be. Now, obviously, I won't be broadcasting from a plane. Uh, so Stephen Hackett is going to fill in and he will be uh, taking my duties next week. And yes. the show will go out, will be recorded and will be released on Wednesday at some point after yeah, the when- event. Wednesday evening, probably after the event. Wednesday evening, Wednesday night. So we're hoping we'll do a special upgrade with me and Stephen Hackett on the 9th. Uh, yes. In the evening, so day day of, and we're we're hoping to do clockwise then too. So it's going to be a marathon of of post event podcasting, but uh, we we do hope to do both of those things on uh, on Wednesday. So so uh, don't listen for upgrade on Monday and its usual drop date next week. We're going to wait and do it right after the Apple event, and then bonus the <laughs> then then we're all going to XOXO festival in Portland. And uh, I'm flying home the following Monday morning, and you're staying in Portland for a few days. So what we're going to do is we're going to record uh, an upgrade while we're together. It'll be our, what is that, third, fourth together live upgrade? Maybe it's just the third. Um, and we'll do that over the weekend. We'll do that probably on the Sunday, and I'm, I'm not sure we'll stream it live. But regardless, that, that episode will come out more or less, maybe a little bit earlier than usual. Um, and we'll we'll talk even more about the aftermath of the Apple event, and that'll be uh, Jason and Mike in person, which is always fun. Yep. And then and then we'll be back on our normal schedule after that. Yes, we will. So there you go. Scheduling stuff's the, the best part of, of it, all podcast discussion. It is the it is my favorite. Should we get on to Ask Upgrade? I think it's time. This week's Ask Upgrade is brought to you by our friends over at Hover, my favorite and the best way to buy and manage domain names. Uh, Both myself and Jason Snell will attest to the fact that Hover.com provides you with a great way to buy Mm -hmm. domains the best way. If you want to give a name to a project, this type of stuff can take forever. You are working and trying to think of something clever and trying to think of something that's easy to for people to remember, and you finally come across that name. The, the thing that you want to do the least at that point is go through an assault course to try and buy your domain name. That you don't want to do that. You don't want to go to a website and type in what you're looking for and they give you 25 pop-up boxes and a bunch of things you have to uncheck, otherwise you pay $1,000 when you only need to pay 10 You don't need to worry about any of this stuff with Hover. They make it super simple, super fast, and hassle-free. You go to Hover.com, you type in what you're looking for. You can type either the full domain you're looking for or just some keywords, and they will make suggestions for you. And they will they have all the TLDs that you will expect. They have .com, .co, .net, .me, .co, UK if you want that too but they also have all of the really interesting TODs you can get these days like .plumbing, .academy .coffee, .limo, .fish .ceo, whatever you want Hover have got it and they have great prices for example their .com domains now start at $12.99 which is super awesome. They also include who is privacy for free on all domains that support it because Hover believe that you shouldn't have to pay to keep your private information private. Hover have a new thing, Jason. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's very, very cool. It's called Hover Connect. 
Mm, I haven't heard of it. Tell me more. So Hover Connect makes it easier than ever to get your new domain connected with your website. So you now go to, once you've bought your domain, you go to the domain admin panel and you can select which service you use. And they have tons and tons like Squarespace, Tumblr, Shopify, many, many more. You just click a button and Hover will automatically amend all your DNS records for you. So you don't have wow. to do that thing where you're copying and pasting and getting stuff wrong like I did and lasting a week about email, <laughs> which I did a couple of months ago. And so they will get all that stuff set up that sometimes there are little codes you have to verify, but they will put in all of those crazy numbers and all that kind of stuff and all the uh, C names and MX records all, all taken care of for you. When I, I just mentioned that I had problems, right, where I put I put some wrong information into the domain admin panel and I didn't get an email for a few days. Uh, when I was sick of trying to troubleshoot this on my own, I emailed Hover's fantastic customer support. They emailed me back within an hour and told me exactly what I needed to do. And I should have just done that at first because I know how great their support is, but I was being stubborn and thought I could fix it myself. But why do that when you have experts on hand waiting there to help you and if you want to pick up the phone and call them hover have a no hold no wait no transfer telephone support policy you'll go through to an actual human being so all you need to do is go to hover.com and you can try them out today you want to use the code liftoff at checkout and you will get yourself 10 percent off your first purchase over at hover.com and show your support for this show that's l-i-f-t-o-f but you should know that by now because I hope that you're listening to Liftoff on Relay FM. Thank you so much to Hover for helping support this week's show. Code Liftoff for 10% off your first purchase. Into Ask Upgrade we go. Jason, would you like to kick off? Uh, sure, yes. I, we got a, 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 an email that made me laugh out loud last night from listener Kristoff who said, why do people get so emotional slash angry slash outright hostile about Tap to Click, a relatively innocuous software feature that I'm fairly sure is not even enabled by default. Its mere mention cause, seems to cause otherwise rational people to become frenzied internet attack dogs. And I can't for the life of me think of another software feature that provokes this kind of reaction. Uh, myself, I've used Tap to Click for as long as I can remember. I've found it to be entirely unproblematic, except, of course, when I'm foolish enough to mention it on the internet. I'm directing this question to you because your particular expression of hostility was somewhat muted, suggesting your infection with this dynamic is mild in character, and that you might therefore be able to master your feelings Jedi style and offer a rational answer to this baffling conundrum. Great letter. Great letter. And my answer is, I actually, I, I you know, I don't like tap to click. And that's just the, the problem. The problem, I think, when you're somebody who has your who broadcasts your opinions on the Internet for a living, um, even more so than if you're just a person on the Internet, is you end up um, having to respond to people who want you to defend like, why? Why did you choose this? I love this other way. And honestly, with something like tap to click, I've just sort of been worn down by all the people who are the um, the the zealots who enjoy tap to click so much and don't understand why everybody doesn't use it. And I think I suspect that's what other people feel as well. It's like if you don't use tap to click, if you don't like tap to click, you have heard from so many users of tap to click about how great it is and how people everybody should use it and why you should use it and why you're wrong not to use it and i think it it, it kind of wears you down and after a while you say oh god tap to click i hate tap to click not because you actually hate the feature but you hate talking about it because because people keep telling you no it's great why don't you like it you shouldn't mention it don't forget it you should always mention it and it just it, it, it gets tiring so i think this is a case where it the pro my problem is not with tap to click as a feature it just doesn't work for me um i when i find it i do find it 
unpleasant when it's turned on and I immediately turn it off because I misclick. My fingers um, do whatever needs to be recognized as a click when they're moving across the trackpad and it causes annoyances and, uh, you know, it bugs me. So I turn it off. So I don't I don't like it. I absolutely don't like it, but I think it's more than that. I think it's it's that after a while you get tired of the the people saying, "Have you heard the good news about tap to click?" <laughs> You're like, "Yes, I know about tap to click. I don't like it. Stop talking about it." And I I suspect I don't know for sure, Christoph, but I suspect that is one of the reasons that's behind it. So I think just as you feel that um, my infection with this dynamic is mild in character, I would I would return that to you as well. You you two seem very polite and rational and not. Uh, just telling me why can't you use tap to click and so I appreciate the question and that's my answer that's all I got I do I will remain resolute that I use and enjoy tap to click I am a hybrid clicker I use Ooh. tap to click and I use the click to click I don't even know what the other one's called now <laughs> click. click it's called click, click. No, it's click, click. click no no you click you click. You don't click to click. The yes, click do. doesn't lead to a click. The mm-hmm. click is the click. No, it leads to tap, a click. Tap emulates a click through a tap. I a feel like maybe a on a false touch trackpad, it is click to click. I don't even know what it is anymore. Push to click? <laughs> All right, let's not talk about the false touch trackpad. That's a whole other can of worms that we'll have to click on later. Interesting point here from Steven. Steven said, is the Taptic Engine a given for the iPhone 6S? I haven't heard anyone discuss how awesome it could be in an iPhone. So I'm thinking, so thinking about this. Because obviously, false touch would probably bring with it the, the the haptic, right? So you press on something and you feel it. Right. Could the haptic engine replace the standard vibrate motor in the iPhone? Mm. And if it does, could it be strong enough in a pocket? And would it be silent? It's a good question, and I I think I I imagine all of the stories that Apple would tell about this, and I think that I, I I'm I'm intrigued to find out because it could could it replace it? Could they use the existing vibration motor? Could they upgrade the the existing vibration uh, generator in the iPhone to one that's more uh, subtle or or more has more variety to it? You know, I, I, d- I doubt that Apple is going to put two different vibrating items inside the iPhone, although it's not impossible. But um, I think this is the question is, uh, will there be subtleties of vibration patterns and things like that that are more than the current iPhone uh, is capable of? Or is the vibration motor in the iPhone currently capable of a lot more than the software does to drive it? I don't know. I think it's I don't know enough about it and I'm really curious to find out how they approach this that that if they decide you really do need haptic feedback for for this you can't just have it be pressure sensitive then what do they do and is the current placement of the vibration on the phone uh, does it is it effective at being um, uh, haptic feedback where you know you your brain connects your press with the feel of the vibration and makes you feel like you depressed something is that what they want i'm i'm really interesting to interested in seeing uh what they what they do here because i think you have a, you make a very good point there's already a vibration thing in the phone so how does that change with uh with force touch i feel like there's a great little ad um in you know a lady sitting in the office or a guy sitting in the office and their phone's on silent and like they're in a meeting and you hear like Mm -hmm. and then they do it like you know they show what the the new life of the iphone 6 is where it's just completely quiet and it's tapping Mm. you you know i I think that there's a little there's a little video in there which could be fun so uh, i think it would be interesting to see the taptic find its way to the iphone yeah 
Uh, Whimsy asked, uh, my mom wants to record an audiobook for the first time. Someone recommended a snowball and audacity for starting. What are your thoughts? Uh, so this would be the blue snowball. I would suggest, yep. if possible, if the budget stretches, get a blue Yeti instead of a snowball. They're both fine, uh, but the Yeti is better than a snowball. Yes. So if you can do that, do that, because I don't actually think there's a massive cost difference between the two. Um, it, it depends on what's on sale and when. Yes. Um, they, the snowball is, is affordable. That's the first podcast mic I ever used. Is that the first one you used? No, the first ever microphone I had was a Logitech headset. The first sort of real microphone was the Yeti. All right. Well, I had the Snowball for years, and it was, it, and it is fine. The Yeti is better. Not only does it sound better, it's got a headphone jack, so you can hear yourself, and that's very important because when you can't hear yourself, you could be too loud. You could be popping all of your peas. You could be far away from the microphone, turning away, and not realizing that people can't hear you. And so having that feedback is really great. But it is maybe forty dollars more. So if you if you have a budget, uh, a limited budget, the the you know the Yeti is not may not be within it but the eddie is i think the best cheap all-purpose podcast mic even now um there's more competition but it's yep. still a relatively it sounds pretty good in especially in uh, the less echoey environments it sounds pretty good it's not that expensive it's pretty solid yeah and also uh audacity um if you're using a Mac, use GarageBand. It's easier to use and understand. If you're using a PC, um, Audacity is the best thing I know of. Mm. Um, I actually use uh, Audacity still for some stuff. Um, it has pretty decent noise removal tools, um, and there's some stuff that it can do in taking stereo files and turning them into mono files and stuff like that that I find easier and faster to do with Audacity than any other app. Um, I've been meaning to try out uh, Adobe Audition for their noise removal mm -hmm. stuff because Marco recommends right. it. That's on my list. But Audacity is very, very powerful. It's just ugly as sin and really, really confusing. Yeah. Uh, but if you can understand it and and or you need something that's free, uh, go with Audacity, in my opinion. It's, it's, it does everything you're going to need. I can't actually... I don't really understand how it exists, but it does. So go for it. Yep. That I think that's perfectly reasonable. Alistair asks, given the new security features in LCAP, do you think it's still necessary to run antivirus software on OS X? They're still there. <laughs> yeah. My my answer to this, Alistair, is I don't think it's ever been necessary. Uh, it's always been superfluous to run antivirus on a Mac. I never have. Yep. Never, ever have. Uh, have you? Ever? Back in the OS like System 7 days, we had viruses on floppy disks. But on OS X, never, never. I, I think I had it on once when some IT person put it on my Mac at work, and then I think we all disabled it and went back to not. And in fact, right now, the truth is that the stuff that's most threatening to you is going to be stuff that's, that's zero day, essentially. It's not going to be in there. So, it, it, you know, in the virus definitions database and all of that. So, I don't know. I, I don't think... I don't think it's necessary right now. Just do the, the, you know, don't run Flash unless you have to. Keep Gatekeeper turned on. So, you know, buy your stuff from the buy your stuff from the Mac App Store or um, have it be stuff that's signed by known developers and uh, stay out of the dark and scary parts of the internet and you'll probably be fine. My feeling would be if you think it's currently necessary to run, a, to run an antivirus software on OS X, it will always be. Sure, sure. That's my feeling. James asks, what product or technology do you think will be Apple's growth engine 
uh, over the medium and longer term. I would say medium iPhone, longer term Apple phone. <laughs> <laughs> the next generation iPhone. Uh, it's uh, the the iPhone will for as I think for as long as we can see into the future, uh, a a small handheld computer will continue to be yeah. Apple's big problem. And if you're looking for growth beyond uh, or, or or a replacement for growth as the iPhone growth eventually slows. Uh, I, I'm not sure that's a product that's even been envisioned yet. I mean, I guess I guess if Apple gets into cars and that becomes a successful thing, that would be another growth area for them. But nothing is going to grow, I think, like the like the smartphone market in our in our, you know, mid in, in the next maybe even 30 years, because this is the moment where these computers are in everybody's pockets all over the world. It's going to be hard to top that in a rapid expansion, which I'm not saying it won't happen. I think it's I think it's a, a lot less likely to happen. This was a, this is a very special thing. And I think people make a mistake if they think that it's uh, it's repeatable on a regular basis, something like the smartphone market. It's a very special moment in, I'd say, human history when this product has has come to pass at the at a time where it can spread as it has spread. So, you know, I think I do think we will reach a point where there are lots of doom and gloom stories about Apple, even more than now, talking about slowing iPhone growth, just because the smartphone market's going to slow at some point. It's just going to have to. There won't be new people to find who want smartphones. Although, since Apple focuses on the higher end, to the market, you do have this possibility that um, in markets that uh, have uh, lower standards of living, um, there will be an initial flood of Android phones, and then Apple will sort of feed the second generation or the third generation of sales in those markets as people in their middle class and upper classes uh, decide that they want to pay the premium for uh, a, a, a more expensive and better quality phone like an iPhone that was previously maybe not what people were buying because they were buying these uh, cheaper phones that were being sent to that market initially. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, th- th- that's going to happen though. Th- there will be that moment where it's like, oh God, the iPhone growth is slowing and it will still be an enormous business for Apple. Enormous. But if you're looking at it from a, an investment standpoint, people will freak out because investment is all about growth. And I think that is... As Tim Cook has a fiduciary responsibility as the CEO of Apple, I think that's why we see them investigating things like cars, is why not? They've got the cash now, and they know that they're going to need new markets. So maybe, you know, you put some money in cars and see if uh, a bet on cars pays off, because that would be another growth area. It might not ever be as big as their smartphone business, but it would be a growth area. And growth is what investors like to see. I don't see the watch ever being that. No, no. I I'm I mean I think it's fundamentally not what people will want. Like for as long as we have the internet, people will want a screen to see it at, you know. Yeah. Not at the volumes that are required for it to be a huge growth engine. I mean, it's a nice addition to the to the portfolio, but it's ne- it's not going to be and never was going to be like the next iPhone. It's I just don't think that's going to happen. Justin asks, will a model of the new Apple TV include airport functionality? Like, for example, maybe it's, it'll be a Wi-Fi router or a time machine. Mm. I think it's not a bad idea. You know, the one device to rule them all. But I think at a certain point, you end up having to put too much stuff in it. Yeah, I, I think 
I would love to see a product that does that, but it, it seems like they won't do that. I, I uh, One of the topics we were going to talk about and we didn't this week, uh, we'll have to push it off and talk about it someday, is uh, our home networks. And, you know, I've got a cable modem and I've got a router that I'm using just to route traffic. And then I've got a separate uh, one of those flat airport extremes uh, that's just doing the Wi-Fi. <laughs> that should probably be one box. And for various reasons, it's not. But when I look at the, at this question, I think, you know, wouldn't it be great if we had something that was a multitasker like that? But I think it's unlikely because it's going to make it bigger. It's going to make it more complicated. And um, and uh, Apple wants this thing to be small and cheap, as cheap as they can make it. And uh, that's probably too much. But it would be nice. It would certainly be nice if it if it knew that you had an airport on your network and off, offered to extend the 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 base station even if it didn't do all the routing if it was just an extender kind of thing um that would be nice it would also be nice if it uh like the like the current apple tv um you know it should hook into your stereo or a speaker or something so it's also a uh, driver for uh, like apple music playback and air airplay stuff which i imagine it will okay and then we have uh next up from finally, Kevin. actually, from Kevin. Kevin says, have you seen my car keys? I have, Kevin. They're in the last place that you're going to look. Yep. And that wraps up uh, Ask Upgrade this week. We uh, ended strong. Finished strong. I know. So next time uh, me and you record, we'll be in person. So I'll look forward to that. And uh, yeah, I look forward weeks. to listening to the show and hearing your uh, opinions of what happens uh, at the Apple event. Yeah, you'll get settled settled in Portland, and then you'll be able to download that that new episode of Upgrade and hear all about what uh, Stephen and I think of the new stuff. So Maybe Dan, w- too. We might have Dan. Yeah. Dan will be around. Maybe we'll pop Dan in on that one, too. We'll Why see. don't you try and get Dan to scare the bejesus out of Stephen? Oh, that's nice. So you, you pull, a, pull, a, pull a Federico, you mean. Yep. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, so thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode if you'd like to find our show notes you know where to go relay.fm slash upgrade slash 52 if you want to find Jason online he's over at sixcolors.com and he's at jsnell on twitter j-s-n-e-l-l what is the account that people will want to follow next week Jason for the live tweeting they will want to follow uh, six colors event on twitter Uh, it'll also be linked to uh, from the sixcolors.com homepage. But that's our special live event Twitter account. Uh, so Six Colors event. And uh, you can get all of our great live coverage. Of course, you'll find a link to that in all of the show notes. Mm-hmm. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, I'll be back in a couple of weeks and we'll, the show will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, the lovely people over at Hover. Fracture and Lindo.com. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snow. I'll see you soon, Mike.